0: You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 84 of The Music Room. Today I'm going to talk to you about starting an elementary choir. Whether or not you are actually starting a choir, or maybe you're just trying to think about how you might streamline things more, or maybe you want to change some things about the way that you currently do choir, then this episode is for you. All right, first, just a little bit about my experience with choir. So I, full disclosure, I was not in choir at all in any of my K-12 to experience, was not choir-related at all, I was totally in band, and when I was in college, I was just in choir for one semester, and I really enjoyed it, but even at that point, I really hadn't exactly found my singing voice, I was not very comfortable singing. And then I started my Kodai levels, and really was kind of like forced to be more comfortable with my singing voice and I also took some vocal lessons because I really needed that just to be able to sing properly. So my first two years of teaching, I didn't do choir at all. And then my third year of teaching, I moved to Ohio and I was in a school that had traditionally had a choir and it was like part of the school day. So I, I was kind of like thrown into it and had to have a choir, which I had been interested in doing, especially after, you know, taking Kodai level one, but I was also pretty apprehensive because I just didn't have very much experience. So at that point in my third year of teaching, I had to make some decisions. And so I'm going to kind of talk you through some of the decisions I made back then and then how I do things now. The first decision I had to make was whether or not to audition. I want to say that maybe in that school they had been auditioning i don't i don't know it was so long ago i could be wrong though so i actually did audition but i don't remember if like i just took everybody anyway and i was just hearing their singing voices or if i did have to you know only take some students i honestly don't remember since then i've decided to never audition. It's pretty much just like whoever wants to be in the choir can be in the choir. And I do feel like that is a good move because, you know, some students are not going to sing in tune. They're not going to match pitch right away. But really, the more experience they have singing, the more they're going to be able to match pitch. So I'm perfectly comfortable not auditioning at this point. Although you might consider like taking everybody who's interested, but at least getting an idea of where they are vocally. And that's why you're auditioning. So you just kind of want to think about that. Are you just going to send home a note to parents saying who's interested in being a choir and take everyone as they come? Or do you want to hear them individually sing? So that's kind of the first thing you want to figure out. Then you also want to figure out which grade levels you are going to include. Typically, I have had third, fourth, and fifth grade in my choir. That can lead to a pretty big choir, like around 100. Sometimes I've actually had more than 100. This past year... Because we were social distancing, I limited it to fourth and fifth grade. So it was a much smaller choir. This year, we don't have to socially distance. So I think we might open it back up to third grade, which again will lead to a pretty big choir, but it's just so much fun. So just, you know, think about which grade levels you would like to include. And if you're a little bit unsure how much interest you're going to have, you could always like open it up to just one or two grade levels kind of see what the interest is and then open it up to another grade level if you ha- if you still have room. You'll also want to consider when to hold rehearsals. I have typically done it before school and I think that works really well because then the students are dropped off in the morning before school starts. So I have to be at school at 8 20 but then my first class of the day isn't until 9 15 and school itself officially starts at eight fifty five. So I typically have eight twenty to eight fifty five as a choir rehearsal, but I'll get there, get to school before eight twenty so that I can get set up and everything. If it's after school, the tricky part about that is then you have to wait around for any parents who might be running late. And so that's one of the reasons I like doing it before school. It's just such a nice way to start the day too, just hearing, you know, the beautiful voices of your singing students, you know, but it's also nice that you don't have to wait around for any parents to come pick up their child because when they're done with your rehearsal, they just are off to school and they can go to their classroom. All right, another decision is how to publicize so how are you going to recruit pretty much i've done it a few different ways i have discussed it in class so i often will take you know, maybe 15 to 20 minutes of a lesson for whichever grade levels will be in choir, and I'll talk to them about the opportunity, and then I often will show them a video, and this could be a video of your choir, or if you don't have any great videos of your choir, or you just haven't had choir yet, then you could just show, you know, find a good video of a choir. I can link to some in the show notes some good examples of this. So you can show a video of a children's choir and, you know, explain that we might not be singing that exact song, but it'll just give them a better idea of what a choir does and what a, you know, choir sounds like. And then. You'll want to have a letter ready for your students to hand them out if they're interested in being in You could also send this as an email to parents. You could put it on the morning announcements. You could put it into your learning management system. Like if you use Schoology or Google Classroom, you could have the letter there as well. You might send an email to parents or you could also send it in like if your school has like a newsletter or something you could put it in there so lots of different ways that you could publicize it and you probably want to leave the you know enrollment open for a couple weeks so that you can give your students enough time to enroll and i used to do this where they would have to like turn in a slip of paper like they'd cut off the bottom of the letter or whatever turn that into me. And now I do it as a Google form. It's so much easier to do it as a Google form. And then you can just look at your Google form and see who has signed up. And on this Google form, I typically would ask like their grade level, their classroom teacher, it's just good information to have. And then if you are, you know, asking them to spend any money to enroll in choir, and we'll talk about that in a minute, you could have something on there like I agree to send a check for however much you're asking for a choir to the office, payable to whatever, right? So you could put something like that on there. I also have something on the Google form that says something like, I agree to not enter the music room until Mrs. Miracle is present, because I have had that be an issue where I got here like at early, like at 8 or 8.05, and there were already students... In my room, and sometimes they were playing with things that they shouldn't be playing with. So, you just might wanna say, you know, make sure you are not entering the room until an adult is present. All right, and then as far as I I talked a little bit about like how much money you're asking them to spend, it could be free, it could totally be free, and that's totally fine. I have done it that way. If you're having them wear a choir t shirt or any kind of choir uniform, that's when you might wanna ask students to spend money. So I have a choir t-shirt. I ordered a design from Image Market, which is just a company that sells t-shirts, and there's plenty of companies to choose from, and then I just order the same design every year, and you would want to bake that cost into whatever the choir fee is, and maybe that's all you're asking them to pay is for the t-shirt. If they already have a t-shirt, they don't have to pay, but you might also consider asking for some kind of money so that you can buy octavos. If you have to pay a piano accompanist so that you can pay for a piano accompanist. Those are all things to consider. Currently, Nathan, who is the traveler, the other music teacher at my building, he's my piano accompanist, which is awesome because he plays beautifully. And then we have this whole stipend system that we work with. So he's, he is able to get paid for his work. But in the past, I have hired piano accompanist. So you just, you know, want to, consider that as well and look at your library. Are you going to be pulling? Do you have a library? First of all, are you going to be pulling music from that library or are you going to be purchasing octavos? And, you know, when I set up or when I figure out my repertoire for the year, I often have some songs that don't have octavos. They're just rounds that I'm teaching the students. So don't feel like every song that they perform has to be an octavo, but I do like to have a few octavos in there and teach them how to read an octavo and all that fun stuff. As far as choir t-shirts go you also want to consider when you want the students to wear them so are they wearing them at all their performances are they only wearing them like on daytime performances or field trips and then they're dressing up nicely for evening performances how do you want to do that and then you'll want to consider how many concerts you will have so i typically have a winter concert and a spring concert my choir also helps out with the sing-along so they lead a few songs on the sing-along and I think this year actually we are actually kind of combining the sing-along as an evening performance with the choir concert but I've also done some performances in the community I live near Columbus Ohio so we have performed at a Columbus Blue Jackets game it wasn't actually on the ice, but it was like kind of, you know, at the arena, we perform beforehand, and then they get a good deal on Blue Jacket tickets, and you know, a lot of the choir members stay, and they watch the game, which is really fun, and it that works as a fundraiser, so we actually do get money back for that. Um, we have also performed at retirement homes. I think one year we performed at Cabela's. So there are a lot of different opportunities, especially if you know someone who works at something, you know, a senior community home or retirement home or a store or something like that. You just want to kind of think about that. And I'm always bad about like waiting until the last minute to figure those things out. So I've made a goal for myself this year to have all of that figure it out ahead of time so that the parents can put those dates on their calendar and they, and they know what they're getting into. So this is just kind of an overview. Like I said, hopefully that was helpful for anybody who is starting a choir or you're just kind of thinking about how you might do, Choir differently. And I also want to mention that if you go to this podcast episode on my website, you can go to mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com slash podcast and then find this episode, which is 84, then you can sign up to receive a free choir recruitment letter that is editable. So you can kind of see the wording I use, edit it as needed, print it out, and you're good to go. So make sure to check that out. All right, I'm going to talk about what I'm consuming. All right, so I'm super excited. Deathcap for Cutie is probably my favorite band or one of my favorite bands, and they just came out with a new album which is called Asphalt Meadows. I am still kind of like getting it into my bones, like listening to it repeatedly to really kind of, you know. I don't know, just get into the groove of the album but there are definitely some great songs on there like there's one called here to forever which is a great listen, and there's lots of good songs but I'm still kind of like like I said kind of getting into the album but I always get excited when one of my favorite bands releases an album so if you like death cap for cutie or if you haven't listened to death cap for cutie they're kind of like indie rock super just like calm but also a little bit of a rock edge to them I love their music All right, I hope that this was helpful to you as you're figuring out how to do your choir. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me and have a great day.